Oh man, we're gonna piss some motherfuckers off today. I can say that, right? On podcasts, people don't censor that usually. I don't know. The Movement of Color Podcast. Episode 47. Today on the Movement of Color Podcast, Byron and I discuss AOC and um, her little internet kerfuffle and videos that's gotten her in trouble recently. Scandaloso. Again, my name is Brandon Peyton Carrillo, and let's start. Brandon, uh, AOC did a bad faith. <laughs> a bad faith? AOC? Yes, everyone's favorite uh, socialist congresswoman is... Uh, has been having a rough two weeks on Twitter and, and Instagram, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I try to look out for my girl, AOC. But some of it is, um, I think she was set up. Some of it, it was her damn fault because she fucking said it. Yeah, I, I have a bit of a more, I think, antagonistic <laughs> interpretation of the events. But uh, I think on the last one, I think we definitely do agree. Uh, so, so I think we're going to tackle this chronologically. Uh, so there's been kind of two major events, one last week, one this week, uh, where she has been the main character on Twitter, <laughs> which is not the thing you want to be. No. And the last thing you want to be on Twitter for some is for some dumb shit, you know? And this is definitely some dumb shit. Yeah, I mean it's it's not Matt Gates bad, but it's it's still like oh no that's oof I, I, that's not gonna look good in history when when we look back in history. Exactly. So let's let's get into it a little bit. So last week, AOC was mentioned and outed on the World Socialist website. As denouncing the left and um, saying kids in cages are okay and all this other shit. Now, if any of you are actual readers of the World Socialist website, you would know that uh, about 60% of it is bullshit. Very crank. You know, leftists are immune from crankery every once in a while. Yeah, and there's definitely some crank-ass shit in here. And um, it accused her of denouncing the left by calling the left bad-faith actors. When really, she was kind of, in general, speaking about bad-faith actors. But because there are some people on the left that are her critics, you know, like, oh, you're talking about me? It was a little bit of that. And that became a whole fucking kerfuffle. Which led to her second kerfuffle because, you know, the bad faith actors saying, whatever, that wash over is stupid. That article is written in bad faith, whatever. Based on an article from the Democratic left 
somehow they got an early copy of that. Weird how that happens in TSA. Uh, maybe someone should check on how that fucking happens. But anyway, she, you know, wants to um, talk about the kids in the cages. And that's where shit gets a little awry. Yeah, so, I mean, I remember last week she went on that whole thing about, like, bad faith actors and you, like, and all this stuff, specifically online. And there is a a kernel of truth to it in that, generally in my experience online, there's so much, especially when it comes to the bigger accounts, there is so much noise to trudge through. That it's hard to differentiate those who just don't give a fuck and just want to see the world, just want to see you burn, regardless of your political positions or, or you know, relative to theirs or anything like that, um, and those who are like actually trying to uh, genuinely engage with you and and try to change your mind on things. Twitter does not allow that. Instagram does not allow social media in general. It just isn't made for that kind of stuff. It's made for you to do a thing put it out into the world, and then you're kind of supposed to move on or get to a fucking shitty, like, you know, reply fight <laughs> in the comments. But it's it's not really meant for, like, genuine engagement. Um, but, you know, these very kind of big accounts try to do it anyway sometimes. And it's even especially worse since, like, compared to other, other Congress people, she's far more active on her, like, account, like, personally, um, Mm -hmm. and has a lot less people in between her tweets and her, like, Instagram posts, um, and all that, um, so, like, there's a lot less filter, there's no one, there's no mediator to filter out the bullshit, to, to, to trudge through and, and separate, okay, this is noise and this is signal, um, you know, this is good, this is, you know, this, this is just bullshit, this we can actually work with, like, this is something we can engage with, honestly. Um, so, you know, when you get, like, a fuck ton of just a wave of comments, you, you, you don't have the time to fucking tell which is good and which is bad, which is good faith or whatever. Uh, when you have, like, a bunch of stuff written about you, it's, like, very difficult to trudge through everything. So, I'm, I'm willing to give her that. I'm willing to give her that. But, (laughs) much like, much like when we get to the second segment, uh, for her second, her, her, her whole kerfuffle this week, uh, but, um... There is a tendency, specifically with those in power, to kind of, specifically more more on the kind of like liberal side, Democratic Party side of of kind of mainstream politics, to kind of use social justice language um, and kind of nonprofit language, uh, like the term "bad faith." Like, you know, that that is very much an NGO term, <laughs> uh, again, a uh, nonprofit term. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it comes from like that kind of milieu. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, people who have power to use this kind of language to kind of defend them, defend their, sh- their shitty actions, their, sh- their shitty comments. Uh, you know, you just say bad faith, and then you kind of don't have to engage with the other side, anyone else anymore. You don't have to engage with them. It's because, like, oh, you're bad faith. You're not being genuine or anything, regardless of how genuine you actually are. Um, if they just don't like your position or your critique... They can just say, well, fuck you. And sometimes there's room for that. Like, if it's some fucking fascist saying, like, oh, you 
white people uh, are being persecuted and like uh, uh, they should be like death camps. Uh, you say you, you can go <laughs> oh, yeah go ahead tell them to fuck off and die like I've done it myself multiple times but it feels good it feels great but when it comes from other people from the left who are invo- especially those who are involved with the things you are actively talking about you know it's that bad faith you know defense really doesn't work as much people are gonna see your clown shit <laughs> you're gonna be they're gonna see you like fucking full up like clown makeup just fooling like just fooling yourself and everyone's just gonna laugh at you like people did you know during this whole past two weeks of, of aoc um so yeah i mean that's so those are my kind of two structural issues uh when it comes to both like social media and how you know big accounts kind of engage with it um and are engaged themselves uh and you know having to deal with the fucking uh bullshit of powerful people who just don't want to hear your you know don't want to hear anything bad about themselves <laughs> they have egos too yeah they have huge egos they kind of have to in order to like consider running for fucking congress to begin with <laughs> exactly like like uh you know uh, your average, you know, normal sized ego person who's like, eh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I try my best, you know, I do, I do this or that to help out. It's like, no, it's Congress self-selects, <laughs> self-selects egomaniacs. <laughs> yeah. That's just kind of how it works. I will say when it comes to the particular article on the world socials website, that was a bad faith idea, and just because she happens to be associated with the DSA, which I'm not trying to defend the DSA, because there's some shitty ideas but in the DSA, but I also know there's some really brilliant, great ideas that permeates in that organization because it's a multi-tendency organization. But when I'm reading that article, and whenever they start to pin the ideology to the founder who died in the 80s and how he's connected to this. And, you know, this guy can't speak for himself and say, oh, I'm a follower of this ideological track. You know, and they try to pin it towards this weird kind of quasi-left that went right and weird shit. That's a trap, and that's a bad faith job. Anytime I ever hear it, it could be DSA, it could be Socialist Alternative, it could be whatever. Anybody that you pick a politician and then you try to ideologically blame it on their predecessor or and how they're all linked and all this other stuff, that's because if you haven't figured out that that's bullshit, then, um, you know... There's a bridge I would like to sell you uh, between Manhattan and Brooklyn. It's a little old, needs some repair, but I think that if you put a toll booth on there, your return on this investment will be highly lucrative. <laughs> Talk to me later. Uh, I mean, like, there, I mean, I, I think you, you, if you want to entertain this tangent i mean i think you 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 bring to a broader uh, kind of deeper point where um dsa is such a strange animal 
when it comes to the modern left in the United States in that it kind of is the left, whether we like it or not. Like, they have... DSA has the people and has, like, is basically almost, like, everywhere now. Like, they, like, you know, DSA has people in Congress and, like, in local positions and state positions and stuff. Like, DSA fucking took over the Nevada party, like, the Nevada Democratic Party for the most part. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, it, whether anyone likes it or not, when it comes to at least party, like, leftist parties, they're it. Uh, they don't operate like a party, except they kind of do and it's complicated like all things with dsa it's complicated because it is a multi-tendency organization as you said and it's like you know i had this one memory of like when we first when dsa was first really getting big in early 2017 it was one of our first meetings here in orange county and uh this old dude in like a black leather jacket and really gray hair like you know came to one of our meetings it was like I literally helped found DSA with Michael Harrington. I knew the guy personally. <laughs> like, I was with him in SDS. It's like, whoa, shit, what the fuck? And, like, the dude was incredibly moderate. He was, like, one of the more, like, moderate people in the room. Like, everyone else was, like, incredibly younger and, like, incredibly more, like, uh, you know, left-wing ideologically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of really served as a reminder to myself, like, oh, right, DSA is a drastically different organization now than it was back then. Um, even just within the span of, like, a year, it it totally changed. Um, like, the fact that, like, uh, you know, people in the org, probably the majority of the people, like, saw this one really dumb tweet that the DSA, the National DSA account put on that was like, oh... Like, here's what we believe, and it had, like, stuff with, like, market socialism stuff, and, like, everyone just started, like, dunking on the national org, and these are all people in the org! Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, trying to pick it on Michael Harrington just doesn't make any sense. Like, it, it really hasn't. Um, uh, it, 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 it's, it very much is a different, it, it might as well, you might as well just treat it as a different organization than what it was before. Yeah, it's, it's totally different organization. I will say in Michael Harrington's defense, if you actually read his book, Socialism, um, it's a much more radical document than what his legacy has been. And, you know, hell, that's his, that's his fault. He's the one that thought that you can reform the Democratic Party or kind of entry your way into the Democratic Party. And I think AOC's next folly of this week shows the pitfalls of what happens when that approach actually starts to have some movement and actually starts to work. Yes. Um, But before we get into that, like, you still have marginal... Trotsky-esque, and not all, I'm not going to say all Trotsky-esque, Trotsky kind of tendency leftist organizations are bad, because they're not. But there's a shit ton of them. And there's a lot of them that really suck. Um, But there's a lot of, the ones that are the most marginal are the ones that are making the most noise against AOC and the DSA. And those who are 
actually have some power and actually some visibility. Um, Social's alternative is a totally different tactic. It's a totally different strategy. And they realize it kind of, by not dick riding the DSA or dick riding Bernie Sanders, it costs them. Um, it has nothing to do with ideology as much as they try to make it seem like, oh, it's an ideological difference, blah, 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 blah. Because within DSA, a lot of those shitty trots are in DSA as well. Um, but it's just like organizational politics. And it was an opportunity to dunk on her. And weirdly enough, it set her up for a multi-double dunk. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I think we should probably just move on to that double dunk <laughs> that happened yeah. this week. Which is, oof, it's 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 bad, folks. Yeah, so uh, AOC did this, like, town hall um, earlier in the week. And like it was over Instagram, basically, because that's kind of where she does a lot of the streaming stuff. And she posted, she was asked this question about the child camps. You know, the child camps that Trump did and, you know, and Biden has been trying to, not get rid of, but cover up, basically, and failing horribly, because uh, it was just so dysfunctional and all over the place, and COVID is making the, is making, like, the, the inflow so much worse, because, like, everyone's trying to get the fuck out, <laughs> and, like, to some degree of safety in, in the United States, and it was leading to all these over, you know, child overflow, like, uh, what was the term? Child overflow facilities? Yeah, something like that. Something. Those very... are the new child camps, child yeah. concentration camps, um, and that is basically has been the thing that a lot of people have been talking about recently, because it's happening under Biden, and there's this whole big fight over like, oh, they're not as not as bad as uh, they used to be. They're they're getting better. You know, they, they changed the names to child, uh, you know, overflow facilities, um, and all the <laughs> other shit that the Biden administration has been doing, you know, but, yeah. you know, especially with this one video that came out on Twitter where it was basically someone snuck a, like, snuck a, uh, a camera, like a phone or like some sort of video recorder into one of the camps. And it was just wall to wall, uh, just kids who are basically sleeping on like concrete floor, uh, with those like, uh, metal covers, that they give to, like, athletes and, like, refugees and stuff. Uh, and, you know, there was this, like, uh, fucking tendida piece of shit, uh, like, uh, you know, brown lady. Not not black, but brown, like, um, most likely Latinx. Um, and uh, she was, like, trying to stand between the camera and, the, like, the child cages. Like, God. saying, like, oh, no, these kids are cared for. Like, this is all good. Like, freely trying to use, like, the, the, the fucking social justice language uh, to, like, cover up child detention, like, child concentration camps. As someone was recording it, it right behind her. <laughs> she was literally in between the camera and the, cha- and, the ch- and the cages. And, like, trying, you know, as, as, the, as the fucking camera person would move, she would move with him and, like, try to cover it up with her fucking face. And and this whole thing culminated in AOC 
AOC's live stream, uh, town hall, where someone asked her, was like, what the fuck is up with these child detention camps? These, like, child overflow facilities or whatever. And... Wait, 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 wait. Before you get okay, there, okay, okay. on a roll. Is there a Mexican term for, and particularly for Mexico, because I imagine she's at the border, she might be Mexican. Like an Uncle Tom. Like, yeah, vendido. Vendido, like vendida. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, so right. basically sellouts. Basically sellouts. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah, Cusanos are for Cubans. <laughs> for Cubans, like, who. Who like uh, who like lost their plantation in in Cuba during the revolution or whatever, um, uh, but like for for everyone else in Latin America, it's, it's vendidos, uh, right. generally. Um, cool. But yeah, no, she's a fucking vendido. Like half of fucking ice or like customs and border is like uh, Latinx. <laughs> it's 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 pretty bad, folks, um, and not the white Latinx either. The the fucking uh, the the ones who are actual like uh, black or indigenous in descent of some form, of some kind. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. The, the white Mexicans, they, they got office jobs. <laughs> they got very nice office jobs. Yeah, they um, gotta stay or, white. Or they're on so. Telemundo. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no. So AOC was asked this question about the child camps. And her immediate, her immediate, her first part of the answer was, oh, it's, you know, this is a problem with both parties. Uh, you know, this is, this is generally bad. But, and she uses that but, and, it, it, and you know that's when things get bad. <laughs> when things yeah. are going bad. Yeah. She then proceeds to def- basically tactically defend the camps because, according to her, they're not as bad as the Trump camps because these are children who are here alone um, rather than uh, children who were separated from their families. So apparently that makes it better. Um, you know, regardless of these kids are basically in a fucking camp. And if you've seen any like, uh, interviews with some of these kids, it's like the trauma is like almost similar. Like it's, it's like, I don't know if I'm going to give me, if I'm going to be alive at the end of this shit like that. Um, uh, yeah. these will scar these children forever. Um, these camps are functionally the same camps. I mean, one of, there was this very, very famous camp, uh, that was shut down because it was so bad. Even Trump had to shut it down. Joe Biden then almost immediately reopened it when he was, uh, sworn into office and used it. Yeah. Uh, nothing changed. Nothing fundamentally changed. Um, and she is based, and AOC is basically saying, "Oh, these, these are, you know, they're bad, but they're not that bad. Uh, they're, they're just, you know, but like, but they're different things. You, you can't, you can't compare the, they, they, you can't really compare the two. They're, they're fundamentally different. It's like, no, they are fucking not. Everyone was, she really showed her ass on this. She showed her fucking ass. And after I get your take on this, uh, Brandon." I, I have a whole big thing I, that I think you'll agree with, and I think a lot of folks agree with, when it comes to the, the structural reason why she is taking this position. Yeah. Because everyone's asking, like, who the fuck is this for? Who the fuck is this for? And the answer, I, a lot of people know the answer. Like, you yeah. know, deep down. They don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit it, but they know. But I, I'm, after I get your take, we're going we're gonna to air it out, and we're going we're gonna to tell people what they don't want to hear. Exactly. I think I feel what you're doing. So I'm going to remove that aspect from my take because I think I know where where it's going. Because deep down, we need to fucking talk about this shit. But my take when I saw it, I'm like, okay, you have children separated at the border. 
One where they actually knew their fucking family. One where they came by themselves. But they probably know where their family is. The easy answer to this shit in both Trump and Biden administration is, all right, so who do you know? Oh, Maria Chavez. Okay, where does Maria Chavez live? Oh, she lives in uh, Janesville, Wisconsin. All right. Well, until we sort this out, we're going to contact Maria Chavez in Janesville, Wisconsin, and we're going to give her a call. Does she know your little ass? Yep, okay. Is there someone else that can cooperate with that? Like, where's your mom? All right, cool. Oh, that's Maria Chavez? Oh, I should write that shit down. Maybe put it in a Google Doc so we don't fucking lose it. And, uh, all right, we're going to give you a, a bus ticket to meet up with Maria Chavez. Simple, done, no need for a fucking camp. Get a fucking bus. Send the kids to wherever they need to go. Sort all this shit out later. Because immigration offices are all over this damn country. They're not just at the border. If she's in Janesville, Wisconsin, she can go have a choice of going to the one in Milwaukee or the one in Chicago. Not fucking hard. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but, but the problem with that is that, in, that like, there's a good chance that, like, there's going to be some bullshit where it's like, oh, you're harboring an illegal alien. Like, there's going to be something like that. Or, like, oh, you're part of a trafficking network. Or it's like the person they're going to is are themselves undocumented. And, like, they're just going to get picked up by ICE. Like, the, the yeah. state will never allow it because it would be basic because of their whole, like, idea of, oh, we need closed borders. We need control in inflow or whatever. Uh, from other places of the world that we yeah, probably fucked up and are the, are the reasons why they're coming here. Uh, like, to just criminalize everyone. To just criminalize everyone, put everyone in jail, like, just make it as difficult as possible. Again, this is the same government that has had the same state, regardless of party, that has had uh, Customs and Border Patrol memos leaked that's that basically just stayed up that like they don't build walls where there's deserts because they want people to go through the deserts and die to, to like, as a as like a warning to everybody else no no i agree with you and yeah. that's all fucking awful that, that should your idea should, that should probably be like some something based off like that basic idea it's like just help them get to where they need to go but that's sadly not the reality yeah. because you know the fucking government sucks <laughs> yes 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 simmer down simmer down i, I feel you i i understand and honestly, it's this state in particular that won't do it because there's other countries in the world that do some shit until it becomes politically inconvenient for them. But they do something similar to that. But because I didn't come up with the shit off my top of my head, you know, yeah. motherfuckers do this somewhere. But um, all right, that's neither here or there. That's what they should have done. But no, we prefer to put them in concentration camps. And AOC, I don't think people realize what kind of hot seat AOC is in for the shit that she's done in her second, her first term. But uh, Nancy Pelosi got her by the clitoris. And not in a nice way. And um, Nancy Pelosi could be her worst fucking 
enemy to get anything done. Nancy Pelosi could essentially Marjorie Taylor Green her ass and make her irrelevant and a pariah in Congress. Yeah. So there's a certain amount of defending the administration and the party she has to do. She could have just shut the fuck up and said, you know what? It's bad on both sides. And then that it would have been a 20 second video. All her supporters on the left and even the ones that they were like, okay, cool. It would have been no fucking thing. But because of the structural shit she has to go deal with within the Democratic Party, um, her hands were tied. She did, She knows that what she was saying was bullshit. But she has to convince herself. But like, when did you rip away a child from their mother? A child from their mother. That's her selling it. Because she knows, all right, I got to step up for this Biden administration or I could be fucked. And they're going to back a primary challenger on me. And they're going to get money from the Republicans as well to take my ass out. They've done this to um, Cynthia McKinney in Georgia. That was the last time I really saw that shit happen. And they aren't above doing that to ALC because as long as she's not in that seat, she does, as long as she's in that seat, she has a voice. If you remove her, she'll just be some crank with a podcast you know, talking about lefty shit. And she knows that. And she don't want to be that yet. She doesn't want to be us, Iron. <laughs> and um, so she has to somehow thread that needle and she fucking fucked up. Oh, yeah, no, she... I mean, I got this. this goes into a... Uh, you kind of got a little bit of my point that I think you got, which is like the very nature of elections in the United States, well, elections in general, but specifically the United States, where you are part of a, you have to be basically part of some sort of party apparatus to get any traction in the United States uh, because of the first past post system and because of some other reasons. Um, but generally, you are going to have to tie yourself to the Democratic Party um, in some way, shape, or form. And AOC is kind of the poster child of, like, be careful what you wish for. Like, you got... You won. But now you have to deal with this massive party bureaucracy um, and all the whips, all the chairs, all this bullshit that is structurally built to prevent any leftward motion. That is basically centrist till the day they die. Uh, that was what the Clintons D Triple C did to the to the party, uh, or, or basically what they did to the party that was like already kind of there, but they just made it concrete. And you you know you you're, you you hit the hell nail on the head. Like if she doesn't do, you know, what Nancy Pelosi wants her to do, at least to a certain degree, she's basically fucked out of like any sort of. Uh, you know, uh, committee uh, positions uh, when it comes to uh, 
you know, any of her, like, specific issues he wants. Um, any compromise is basically dead in the water. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, like, I, I'm more of the belief that she doesn't suck at being, like, the the head of the Democrats in Congress. She doesn't suck. She just doesn't give a fuck about any, about all the things we care about. She's yeah. fine letting things fucking die. Like, she's, she's one of the richest people in Congress. <laughs> like, she, she could give a, she couldn't give a fuck. Uh, but when she puts her mind to it, I think she, she can really actually get things done. But the things she wants done are like super fucking reactionary bullshit. Um, or like weird intra-party like disciplining stuff. Um, so, you know, AOC, because she's part of this vast machine that's like, you know, not just the Democrat, but of Congress in general, she is you know, back to a corner, like you said, like she's, she is fucked. She can't really, she, she's not gonna, she can only do so much. And this is going to be, and I, I think she knows what she's doing, uh, in terms of, she knows how bad things are, but eventually I, I think it goes from, it's kind of like irony poisoning, mm-hmm. but where at first you, you don't actually believe the shit you're saying. But over time, you know, I, I've seen this happen to more than enough like nonprofit weirdos at my college that I used to know, uh, who were like poli sci and like I'm gonna change the world and I'm gonna make things better. And like two years later, they're like, oh, like they they, they basically are Republicans <laughs> for the most part. They believe yeah. all the things Republicans believe, um, and I that, you know is going to happen to AOC. She's just going to slowly change and slowly, you know, become more and more moderate until you get whatever the fuck she's going to be at the end of it, where she's going to, like, try to keep the the language, the rhetoric, but, you know, at least parts of it that are useful to her and then dump everything else. She'll just yeah. be part of the blob. She'll be like all the other black politicians and brown politicians in Congress have been there for 20, 30 years. Like, remember, John Conyers, who's no longer, he was no longer a congressman because he got, like, me too at, like, age 90 or some shit and then died. That motherfucker, when he was elected, was a communist. <laughs> not, not a socialist. Not a social democrat. He called himself a fucking communist. Uh, another one. Well, Bobby Rush out of uh, Chicago. Representative, represents the south side of Chicago. What is Bobby Rush known for being? A Black Panther. And he organized the Black Panther Party with Fred Hampton. And they were explicitly on a Maoist kick. And what what progressive language have you heard from Bobby Rush lately? Not a damn thing. And actually, he's kind of marginalized. I guess he has some personal shit. He should have been gone eight years ago. But my point is to say, you know, just give you, give examples to what you're saying, Byron, is... As long as you're in the Democratic Party, and let's face it, structurally, if you're on the left, that's the only party that would have you, 
but they'll make you slowly bend to their will because otherwise you will not last long in that party. Yeah, I mean, like, it's this is something that's gonna... I mean, it's, it's not, e- not even on the national level. This thing can happen on, like, the municipal level. I mean, just, you know, there's that story with Chicago DSA where they have a, a decent number of aldermen of uh, on the city council. And one of them, who they endorsed and won, voted for a police budget, uh, a budget increase for the police. <laughs> but when, like, everyone else, like, said, no, don't do that. <laughs> and he went ahead and did it anyway because... Again, politicians are a different class from everyone else. You know, they may have a class background, you know, in, in being working class or, or, or you know, uh, or, or being from an immigrant family or, or being black or whatever, uh, or being a woman or all that. But at the end of the day, once they get to that level, once they become a politician, they are a separate class of people. They no longer, they, they, they exist within the state. Not it, not external to it, and that is when things go bad. So, I, I guess to kind of wrap it up, I mean, this is more like a, what the fuck did you expect? Like this is this has been happening with AOC for a while now. It's just I think this is gonna be the thing where it's like everyone just has to acknowledge it now. Yeah, and you know, I'm gonna add this in there too, because I know most of our listeners. <coughs> probably don't give a shit about um, electoral politics or they do, but it's not their main focus or, you know, whatever. But for those who are into that, uh, just remember, in order to make structural change, if you try to do that, coming with having, you know, five, six, seven, ten people in Congress, yeah, that's going to make a fucking difference. No, the fuck it's not. It needs to be 150 minimum to really where like, oh shit. You could really kind of shift that that center of power, at least in, in the house. Could that be done? Well, I don't think we're nowhere near that point. Uh, should you lose faith? Probably not. Somebody needs to do that work, and I commend you for doing it. I'm just impatient. I'd rather <laughs> do some shit that makes fucking difference right now in the lives of my neighbors, my community, you know, my state. You know, I'd rather, you know, work on worker cooperatives and mutual aid and uh, building community land trust and teaching people how to do this shit. I'd rather be, you know... Prometheus than, you know, fucking Zeus, you know, ruling from a top, you know. So um, do your thing, but understand this is a symptom. And this is some shit that you need to be aware of, understand it's a thing, and it's not all AOC's fault. Indirect. Oh man, we're at the end of another episode. Um, please remember to follow us on Twitter at movement underscore color and uh, kick us some dough at patreon.com backslash the movement of color. 
Again, my name is Brandon Peyton Carrillo. And until next time, adios. Of color.